Welcome back to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. And today on the podcast, we'll be going over this past weekend's Santa Ana card um, <clears throat> in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Uh, the Juan Blahovich versus Corey Anderson. We'll also talk in depth about UFC Auckland coming up this weekend, as well as Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2. Um, before we get started, remember, go to the Go to iTunes, write a review, uh, like the podcast, download it, whatever. Um, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. And you can find the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, uh, at the website, southernscrapnation.com. Uh, go there. So that's southernscrapnation.com one more time. And so let's go ahead and get into it. So what did everyone think about the fights this past weekend? I thought it was interesting it came off of a weekend of just weird stoppages on the heels of UFC 247 so it, it kind of hard to get up for especially in the main event two guys that already fought once I don't really see much of anything going on in this card the one fight that did excite me ended in a weird controversial loss um, but we'll get into that why don't we go ahead and get started with the fact that Juan Blahovich just set himself as one of the number one contenders in the lightweight division, light heavyweight division, by knocking out Corey Anderson in the first round. Juan said in an interview before the fight that Corey better figure something out in the first round because after three minutes, um, he bet or he better start wrestling after three minutes because if he can't, then it's he's going to get knocked out. And like Juan said, it came true at three minutes and eight seconds into the fight. Corey Anderson went for a weird leg kick, and Juan just hit him with this right hand and knocked him out. Now, what does that say for Corey? I think this was a dumb decision on his management part in order to find himself a, uh, to slide himself into a number one contender seed to fight John Jones next, because now maybe Juan got that title shot. I don't know. But he already beat the guy once, and then you're going to go in there, and he's dangerous, and he's only gotten better. He had a weird fight with Jacare that didn't go so well as far as visually. He won that fight. He beat Luke Rockhold, and before that, he lost to Thiago Santos, and that was before Thiago Santos fight for, fought for the title. So he's coming off this weird lackluster win over Jacare, even though he knocked out Luke Rockhold before that. He's coming off of this weird five-round snooze fest, and Corey Anderson coming off the biggest win of his life. So to give one that rematch didn't really make sense to me now who would have Corey fought instead I don't know you could have done an Anthony Smith a guy that you know you could take down um I definitely would not have done Thiago Santos but you know just do another fight where you could we can use a veteran savvy but to give it a guy give it to this guy the Polish power I mean it's undeniable and that's what we got he had a little fun exchange with Jones after, but we'll see. Um, following that, or before that, we had the antithesis to that. We had, actually, I don't even know if that's the right word for it. Uh, we had Diego, Diego Sanchez versus Michael Pejera in the co-main event, and it was weird all the way until the stoppage. Um, Diego Sanchez wins through DQ. So let me set the scene. Michael Pejera starts with the walkout that he did the last time that he lost. Comes out all 
over over eager, over energized, dancing, um, air humping, doing the whole thing. Even his corner got into it a little bit, but they're like, dude, we don't need to go through this again. Diego Sanchez might come out here and wrestle us to death because that's what we expected. We expected veteran savvy Diego Sanchez to go in there and do to Michael what he did to uh, Michelle to do what he did to Mickey Gall. Fair, right? Well, that's not what happened. Diego Sanchez went out there with his one person in the corner, which I'm about to get into in a little bit, but uh, as far as that guy. Um, but he went out there, and I don't know how this happened. How, as a 17-year vet in this sport, or however many years, I mean, you're talking tough one, to title challenger, to having some of the greatest wars, and people will always hit me back with the CT. How do you go from this, which you have a good foundation, Jackson Wink, fighting-wise, great foundation, wrestling is awesome, to literally looking like you've never fought before, or you're trying, you're not even trying anything new, you're trying magic, which doesn't work. And you can say brain damage. If that's the case, get him the fuck out of there. Like, don't let him fight. And if that's the case, you should be able to tell and you should be able to say no and not let him fight. If you're talking about a savvy vet now hitting everyone with, oh, I'm going to start using force fields and stuff. And then you start seeing the training of this coach. Fuck that guy for taking advantage of Diego Sanchez because some of the stuff that he's teaching is fucking dumb, 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 dumb. He's hitting the like touch of death stuff. Diego Sanchez is a is, is a Hall of Famer, longtime veteran of the sport, tough Ultimate Fighter winner, one baby like synonymous with UFC. And you're gonna go in there and then Diego Sanchez and his coach, which let Diego say what Diego wants to say, but to go in there and take this guy. And essentially turn him into some guy that's never looked like he's been top-level competition. His coach rebuttals, it's awesome. You and Joe Rogan know how to talk shit without saying my name, but make sure it's in metadata to be connected and found in your search engines. You think you're slick. I'm aware of what you are doing, and you will be exposed of your biases. Very classy smear campaign. You guys are real gentlemen. Got to tell you, I, I feel the love. Which... You can, which you can call it a smear campaign all you want to, but you go on to, and you can't go on this guy's Instagram anymore. He he's private, but you can go on to his whatever school is and look at some of the shit that they're doing. Some of it looks fine. Some of it looks like yoga or stretching stuff, and that's cool. But then he goes into bag work and he goes into one video where he's like. And if someone comes at me, this is what you do. And um, he's, like, pushing a bag and hitting it with his elbow. Uh, uh, he's doing touch of death stuff. He's And to do this and then make Diego Sanchez feel like he's some guru is fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah, I mean, Diego's supporting him, I guess, I guess. And Trevor Whitman, 
Trevor Whitman's my one of my favorite coaches, and the fact that UFC got him and put him in the corner, he's one of those coaches. Like I had the honor of going up to TriStar and, and getting instruction under Faraz in class and stuff, and that that's eye opening for a martial artist. Like that's one of those things where you get to go to a cool professor meeting, or you get to go and listen to. Um, it would be like going to a a, a seminar. For for golfing and Tiger was there all weekend and Arnold Palmer was there and they're like teaching you stuff like that would be fucking cool. I I guess that's an analogy. I don't know. But Trevor Whitman's in that level. Like if there was a coaches camp, you have to have Trevor Whitman in there. You have to have Frost in there. You have to have um, uh, uh, fucking Greg Jackson, right? You have to have these coaches. Um, Mike Brown. So Trevor Whitman says in the fight, oh, he didn't win the first round. He did not win the first round. The thing is he needs some technical advice on how to close the gap. And what he needs to do, yes, we know his go-to is wrestle, but give him some technical stuff. I just feel like what's going on tonight and watching this, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's unique. Again, it's unique. Again, it's hard to watch Diego in this moment right here. It's different. And that's a guy that knows Diego. And like he said, it's hard to watch. I don't know Diego but I've watched him for so long. To watch him go in there and do this, it's like giving a guy a gun and then not loading it and being like, just believe. Believe if you pull the trigger, it will it will do the job. Against a fucking monster on the other side. So, anyway. Third round happens. Diego Sanchez gets illegally need. Uh, ranted enough about the rest of it. Illegally need. Diego asks the ref if I... St- say I can't continue, do I win? The ref doesn't tell him that because that's not, you don't like, you can't coerce, you can't coerce, coerce, anyway. Um, a fighter into either like telling him that they're going to win or lose the fight regardless of what it is. You just have to tell him what the facts are. If you can't continue, the fight's over. The decision will be the decision. So Diego Sanchez takes this opportunity to quit not in like a I'm quit, but like to I I, I quit the fight. Like I I de, I exonerate myself by accepting the DQ. It was an illegal strike. As a veteran, I would yeah I would do the same thing. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I'd do the same thing. That was the second illegal knee of that night, especially since it was the second illegal knee of the night, because those guys were in the locker room before watching the fights, maybe preferably, um, and they saw the earlier one against Brooke Weaver. So you just think to yourself, okay, well, that happened. I definitely can't make a fool of myself tonight. And so Michelle Pettit went ahead and did it anyways. Diego Sanchez, go ahead. Take the DQ. I'm not I – don't, I don't think anything different about – I don't think anything different of him for taking it. Um, I think it's just a veteran move. As far as what does that mean for the sport? Well, just like the scoring we had in regards to the Jones-Reyes fight – on how we can't agree, it's fucking robbery, it's corrupt. No, those are the rules that are instilled right now. If we want to make a change, we have to change the rules, not the fight. And this is one of those cases where we can't change the fight. And I like the only thing I would change about this fight is Diego, one, not taking it, and two, not receiving any damage. But you have to change the rules. So the rules, and I like this Brian Campbell, shout out to Brian Campbell off of uh, morning combat, I think they do it in boxing. If you get injured, 
yeah, you do it in boxing because that's what the worry. The Tyson Fury fight, his last fight. Excuse me. Um, in his last fight. Is if the fight gets stopped, you then take the rounds before and tally them, and then the winner of those past rounds is the winner of the fight. So you judge all the rounds before. So Michelle would have won, granted, second and first round. And then that's what you do, rather than the winner is the person that gets the illegal injury. Um, I think that's what you do. I think it's a little bit harder for MMA since it's only three rounds or five rounds. So, you know, you can get a draw easily. You know, one person wins one round. One person wins the other round. You get a draw. See, to me, the draw doesn't matter. Because if it's an illegal shot, someone's going to be vying for a rematch anyways. And it usually happens. Um, And a draw just initiates a rematch immediately. Like, there's no, you don't get to play the, well, I won, so I don't have to fight him. Or I lost, I don't need to fight him. Um, Same thing with the Jones fight. Like, a Jones-Reyes. That could have easily been a draw. And then now we would have Jones versus Reyes, too, because it's a draw. And you have to make that decision. I.e., Tyron Woodley versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson immediately had Tyron Woodley versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, too. So I don't think draws, especially in a fight, I think draws should be held more accountable. People don't like when there isn't a winner and a loser, but if you're fighting, if you're watching fighting, you have to be a little bit more open-minded than that. And, like, let the casuals be like, oh, boo, it's a draw. Let the casuals do that. I just don't think fighting should just be that black and white. Um, other than that, not really much went on in the card. Talk about uh, shout out to Lando Venata for getting a win. Scott Hot Sauce Holtman, or Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. Shout out to Tennessee native Charlotte trained Scott for his win over Jim Miller. Impressive win over Jim Miller, especially a veteran, right? And then shout out to John Dodson for knocking out prospect Nathaniel Wood. Um, Daniel Rodriguez set up a nice right hand to knock out Tim Means in the second round. Oh, no, knocked him or got him all wobbly and then submitted him with a guillotine. Um, but that night, that right hand was nice. I started working on that immediately the next day. I like threw a left, came over the top of the right. It, it's, cool. it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's like real basic, but you know, just having another thing to work on. I like working on things. Occupies me when I'm sparring and rolling mentally. Um, flyweight Ray Borg makes a comeback at flyweight. Still missed weight, so I don't think he's eligible to fight at flyweight actually again. That's the news after that. Let's see. Let's see. Should be in the news, right? Uh, shout out to that Muay Thai ref that caught that that Muay Thai fighter's head as it almost hit the canvas. Um, but that was a nasty elbow. That guy went fly, stiff as a board. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Um.
one championship to hold next event behind closed doors with no crowd due to coronavirus outbreak. That's actually really smart. It's, you know what? It really doesn't affect the fighters at one. Obviously, they do some places, uh, other countries that they fight in, like the South Pacific, Southeast Pacific. Um, they do make noise. They do make noise, uh, like cheering and stuff, but most Asian things, they're more respectful. So, like, having no crowd, at least for some uh, Asian fighters, like, doesn't bother them one bit. Especially Japanese, Japanese fighters. Ryzen 21. Dude, I fucking love Ryzen. Anyone that we know. It's a jujitsu exhibition match. Um. Nope. No, no one we know. No one we know. No one I know, at least. Just one of it's like not even not even like a Derek Crookshanks finding on it. Okay, I guess. Never mind. Never mind. Um, if you guys haven't seen the video, go watch Jarzinho, the the soccer player from Brazil. Uh, react to Jorginho Rosenstruck's knockouts. It's kind of fun to watch this guy. As much as he's a soccer player, he's kind of knowledgeable in at least boxing. So it's cool to give praise to a guy that was named after him. And he's like, it's good to see that Jorginho carries on a winner um, mentality. So it's fucking cool. And definitely go check out UFC 248's promo. Um... UFC really killed it this time between Israel and UL. And then Zhang Weili versus Joanna. I think that's they did great. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the UFC Auckland card because I love all the guys from City Kickboxing as far as watching them fight, and I love to see what City Kickboxing brings to the table every time. Um, a good – if you're – if you're a casual fan of MMA or if you've watched MMA and you're you're into it but you don't know how like you don't have a person next to you to go how do I understand a little bit more without getting into it right without getting into the finer details without having to get myself on the mat and get punched in the face or step in the cage myself and find out um there are certain people in the sport that do things a little bit better than others and there's certain teams that are in the forefront of things, right? Um, like with TriStar, I would argue that TriStar is a very good gym. And all those guys, if you want to see fighters do things right and do it well, watch any guy from TriStar. But as far as like the up-and-coming things, like the the top or the like the new Tesla, right? Like TriStar is a new Mercedes, 
a new luxury car. You know what you're going to get. It's pristine. It's perfect. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to do the job and do it well. These guys from City Kickboxing are like every Tesla vehicle that comes out. They're nice. They're perfect. They got the fundamentals. They do everything right. But there's a little bit of mystique and nuance to them that we haven't seen. And every time something comes out, it's different, new, unique. And the person, Eugene Behrman, that's the head of it, is this genius in his own right where they come from a fighting culture. It's in their blood. They've been fighting forever. They just never got on the big circuit so or had the big television spots. And we know this through fighters like Mark Hunt, uh, Ray Seppo, um, other New Zealand fighters. But even then, just Ray Seppo and Mark, um, Mark Hunt don't even do justice. They've had guys fighting in that, in that, or in that community for so long that they have their own legends. They have their own, you know, camps and stuff. And City Kickboxing is one of these camps that's developed these guys that have this crazy read ability and just broken rhythm and their striking is fought so differently than traditional it's super nuanced and luckily for them to have guys like israel um to come in and use that kickboxing knowledge and kind of help these mma fighters to keep everything a little bit tighter and not keep everything so Overactive movement. A perfect fight to watch is Petr Jan versus Uriah Faber in this last fight. I fucking love watching this fight, but it's so recent that it's a good example of what MMA was and what it's coming to be. And in the West, we're kind of still stuck on the way Uriah Faber fights. But you're starting to see some guys do a little bit better. The way that these... Like the guys in New Zealand and Tiger Muay Thai, for example, um, they take that really nice kickboxing approach where they get in a nice kickboxing stance, but they don't use up down fit. Like they don't go, they don't use vertical feints. Their feints aren't relied on using the takedown to set up the rest of everything. They're also not using big mo- movements to set up big punches. Everything's nice and precise. Everything's nice and down the middle. I don't give you an inch if you don't deserve an inch, if you don't give me a reason to give you an inch. When Dan Hooker fought Barbosa, Barbosa and him, they traded shots. And Barbosa, the only reason why Barbosa walked Dan Hooker back was because he got Dan Hooker's respect and Dan Hooker had no other option. Dan Hooker versus Ally Aquinta, though. He sits there and pieces Ally Aquinta up from every, from toes to, to, from head to toe, every kind of strike you could think of. And Ally Quinta being this up-down, vertical, faint fighter, using hands to set up takedowns, using takedowns to set up hands, throwing kicks from not kicking range. Dan has a good way of adjusting to range and never has to worry about the takedown, de- or takedown attempt, the takedown threat. If I can get you into a range where you're far enough away that every time you go for a takedown or you drop that level to faint to come up. My coach said something recently in jiu-jitsu, but it's predominant in every, every fight sport. 
distance equals time. The further time or the further distance you have, the easier it is for me to get a read, the easier it is for me to make a decision, and the easier it is for make it, well, easier it is for me to make a split decision in that distance. The closer you are in distance, especially with like a takedown, for example, if we're in the clinch and you go for a takedown, it's going to be almost nigh to impossible for me to stop that takedown if you're very good. But if you're in my punching range or even my kneeing, kicking range and you go for a takedown, I'm going to stop that 10 times out of 10. Because you're shooting, you're shooting from the fence. You're shooting from, from all the way out. And Dan and Israel know how to maintain that distance where when you get a wrestler, and that's why I said it's going to be very hard to beat Dan Hooker or it's going to be very hard to beat an Israel Adesanya with a wrestler. That's why this Paul Felder fight's a little bit interesting to me. Dan Hooker has beaten other fighters. He has great jiu-jitsu as well. So that's also like a great guillotine, so that's a very good deterrent off takedowns. Um, <coughs> but he's beaten other fighters or strikers as a Ross Pearson, but a little bit on the back end of back nine of the career. So this Paul Felder fight to me is interesting because you're gonna you have to take the nuance of a Dan Hooker and to see all the to see all the nuances he does and to see all those like excuse me, little details that City Kickboxing adds to his game. And see if it can match up against a vet, a savvy vet, striking vet in Paul Felder, who's now a full-time analyst. And as much as that takes away a little bit from his training, and I know some fighters don't like when other fighters are doing other things because it kind of takes away from their focus. To me, commentary is, a, is beneficial because it allows you to do what I'm doing, essentially, and sit down and talk about it. And when you can articulate what people are doing, especially coaching, um, it allows you to understand it better. And when you're told to teach, once you teach, you get a better understanding of what you're teaching. So the commentary is almost that. You have to kind of teach the casual audience what they're seeing. And I think Paul Felder, that's going to help him um, be creative, if anything. Um, but we'll see. I, I love the fight. And then you have the return of Carolina Kovalkiewicz. She's going to be back on the card. Uh, Jimmy Crute is in the co-main event, light, light heavyweight. Um, he's young. Who's he? Misha Serkinov submitted him in his last fight. But, yeah, he knocked out Sam Alvey. Like, he was on this road. But, yeah, Misha Serkinov kind of stopped it, which is fine. Misha Serkinov going to Misha Serkinov. Then you have Ben Sassoli versus Mar Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. Two big boys, especially Marcos. Marcos is a big heavyweight. Uh, good Muay Thai? Yeah, he's a Muay Thai fighter. Then you have Brad Riddle versus Magomed Mustav Mustavev. And Kevin Aguilar versus Zubara Tukov. Who did this guy just fight? Did he just fight the Huff? Hinata Moinkanya beat him. That's right. And then he had a draw. Huh. Cool. Mm -mm. I'm trying to think of the... Maybe it's Bagomed. 
Yeah, Magomed, his last fight, he knocked out Rafael Fees. And that guy's the striking coach of Tiger Muay Thai. So, you know, that guy's pretty fucking good. And on the prelim card, let's see if there's anything. Jalen Turner, uh, Emil Meek making a return versus Jake Matthews. And then, obviously, Kai Kara France, Angela Hill. Yep. Other than that, it's pretty good. Pretty good card. 4 p.m. on a Saturday. Starts and then 7 p.m. So, early night for us here in on the East Coast. And then after that, we have the end of the month, the flyweight championship, right? I'm pretty sure for this is for the inaugural flyweight championship. They're just not saying it. Uh, Joseph Benavides versus Davidson Figueiredo. I think that's a great fight. Um, I like both these guys equally. Um, Joseph Benavides. Man, he was he had a hard time with that Juicy Formiga comes out and knocks him out last and then Figueiredo, you know, he's he's like on the opposite side. He's been beating all the same guys. Um just in a scary way. And then we have the Israel versus UL card, and that's beginning of March. So we got two more fight nights, so two more sleeps essentially, until we get our wonderful two forty eight. Okay, guys, so before we get into the boxing, because I made a mistake last week, thought the boxing was this past weekend, it's actually this week, before we get into that, remember, go check out the website, www.southernscrapnation.com, Instagram, Southern Scrap Nation, Facebook, Southern Scrap Nation, and um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Southern Scrap Nation, uh, podcast, writer view. Um, great fans, love y'all, and uh, let's get this thing growing, guys. Keep it growing, if you will. All right, so in other news, we got our boxing main event of Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 2. Um, Deontay Wilder 2, hold on, let me get this up. So for me... Um, I see this, I, I mean, I talked about it last week. I see it only going one way or two ways, uh, decision or knockout from Wilder. Now, if you were to put percentages on which, to me, seems more likely, the knockout from Wilder seems way more likely than a decision from Fury at this point. However, however... Fury is coming in a little bit heavier. His coach did say he's coming in heavier now. Um, Fury is the f- underdog. No, it was the favorite. No, underdog. He's the underdog. Um, damn, there's an underdog of negative 5,000. Um. Yeah, he said he's going to come in a little bit heavier. I don't know what that. Tyson Fury changing trainers, claiming he'll weigh 270 just to prove he's nervous for. Oh, Deontay Wilder saying this. Um, yeah, he's going to be heavier on the scale. He says he wants to knock out 
Tyson, or he wants to knock out Fury or Wilder. Wilder's saying deep down in his heart, I feel that he's nervous. I feel he's really, really, he's very nervous from the first fight, first time what happened. You know, you knock a person down and give them a concussion. You never forget that. You never forget who did that to you and how they did it. When you're going back in there a second time to relive that moment all over again, it has to be stressful. You can't sleep at night. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's happening this weekend. That's, I mean, that's fucking. Yeah. He, uh, fuck. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, he's coming. It's going to be this weekend. Tyson Fury thinks he's going to knock out Deontay. And Deontay laughs because he says he has pillow fists. Anything's possible, but I just think in this kind of fight, you're giving Deontay a second chance to go in there. He's also, he, he also did a way better job. I mean, he did the Luis Ortiz fight before. Didn't suffer as much damage. I think he goes after the cut that Fury endured in that one fight. I think he just goes in there, and I think it's that kind of stubborn kind of fight. It's going to be filled with disdain. It's going to be filled with disrespect, and I think he just, I think it's going to be filled with that, like, walloping, like, where it's not even, they're not even real punches after he gets them hurt. I think he just, uh, England fighters have always had a hard time coming over to America. They always have. Um, that's why Billy Joe Saunders got announced to fight Canelo. I love Billy Joe Saunders. But this circuit over here is a lot harder. And Billy Joe Saunders came off of a weird hard-fought fight where he knocked the guy out, but it's a guy that's not even in Canelo's, not even on Canelo's level. And he had a hard time. He had to get that rhythm right. And I think Deontay is that kind of guy where like just being a really good rope-a-dope fighter is great. But Deontay's that athlete we were talking about. He's that guy that was like, fuck football. I need to make money now. And so he took that same power, that same footwork, all that. He got into boxing. That's why he got, he, that's why he got a bronze medal within like two years of training boxing. He didn't have to go through how to step when you throw a jab or throw a punch. He didn't have to learn all the nuances. They're just like, bro, you just got to land that shot. And it's boxing. You have, you have 12 rounds to hit him with one of two weapons. And if you're a good boxer, you're at least landing one of those weapons f- ten times around. Um, I mean, you give him another ch- you're giving him another chance to download, and I don't think Fury's going to be doing anything too differently if he's... I mean, it, to me, coming in heavier, you're going to be a little bit slower. You're gonna be a- you can still be agile and be heavy. You can still be like, you know, you can still have the head movement and stuff. Probably take a shot better. But the footwork part, like the dancing, or like not the not that Fury quote unquote dances around, but he needs that footwork so he's not like stationary. So being heavier does that allow you to continue? Do you, can you still do that for twelve rounds and not exhaust yourself? Because the head movement, I'm not too worried about. That's going to be there. The like watching, being able to see, that's going to be there. But the moving around, jabbing, throwing crosses, throwing hooks, touch, touch, move, touch, touch, move. And if I learned anything from Deontay versus Luis Ortiz fight, even though he gets beat on the scorecards, 
it's part of his patience now. Like, he's doing a very good job of, even though he gets hit, there was one shot that he was getting hit with from the southpaw position, but give it to Luis for being that badass of a Cuban fighter. The left straight. But everything else, uh, Deontay was, like, hitting off the glove, blocking, doing a very good job being patient, and trying to minimize as much damage. He got clipped a good amount of times, and luckily, because he was losing the fight, but it's more just he wasn't throwing as much. And I think that's what we're going to see with Deontay. I think we're going to see less of a... We're going to see more patience. Um, but I don't think it's going to be like we're going to see patience and it's going to get lit the fuck up. I think it's just going to be patience. Maybe it's touched a little bit more, but it's just so he can land that fucking glove. All right, guys. I hope you all had a good week. I hope you all have a good rest of your week. I hope you guys enjoy the fights. And stay safe out there, everyone. And um, until next time, which I think I'll be back on Monday, depending on how things shake out this week, I'll be back Monday to break down what happened this past weekend, and then Wednesday to just talk more shit. So I go guess you guys, or ugh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, yeah, have a good rest of your week, and enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the fights. Thanks. Until next time.